This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and we are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on Twitter. And man, you can find some great shows on the Dynasty Football Network. Uh, our boys Shane, Sipes, and Jeremy over the Dynasty Trades HQ, the the new DFS pod that just uh, is getting underway, the Superflex podcast, just a ton. Uh, just a ton. I know I'm forgetting some. I'm ad-libbing this because this is not part of my normal read, but I'm so proud to be associated with those guys, uh, the IDP, Edge Crusher guys, Dan Cook, uh, Hollywood, you know, all those guys, good people over at the Dynasty Football Network. And this week's show is basically going to be a replay of our hour on the Scott Fishbowl 9 Potathon. If you're not familiar with the Potathon, that is hosted by Sal, Steve, and Kevin of what used to be the FF Funhouse podcast. Uh, they've been kind of hit or miss with their podcast lately, but two years in a row, these crazy bitches they get out there every, at least the last two years, and they podcast for 24 hours straight. This past year, they started at noon on Sunday. We were on at the 5 o'clock Eastern hour, and they ran all the way until 1 p.m. on Monday morning nonstop. Other guests on the show were our boys, the Aussies, uh, Shane, again, and the gang from Dynasty Trades HQ. But then there's some real heavy hitters. They had Matthew Barry from ESPN on. They had, I believe, J.J. Zacharyson, Scott Fish himself, uh, Mike Wright of the Fantasy Footballers. Really awesome. If you're trying to catch up with that, just go to YouTube and search Scott Fish Podathon. That's P-O-D-A-T-H-O-N. And you'll find it. And I believe it was chunked up into like five or six hour blocks. So you can check that out. But on the hour that we did, because these spots were so coveted and we were very, very fortunate to get on, we split our hour three ways with Seth and Kyle of the FF Fellows. Those are our boys. Those are our redraft brothers. We love those guys and was very grateful to share the hour with them, as well as JD, that's JD of the Goat District, and Dan, Dan Williamson, also of the Goat District podcast. They're another dynasty-based podcast. If you haven't checked them out, I really recommend that you do. They really focus a lot on trades, whereas on the Dynasty Football Network side of things, that's what Shane and Mike Sipes and Jeremy do on their show. But if you're looking for some fresh content and uh, some good guys, check out Dan and JD over at the Goat District Podcast, as well as follow all these guys on Twitter. I'm sure that's in the body of the podcast somewhere. If there's one thing I drop, it's Twitter handles for sure. So, um... Other bit of news for you real quick. We are going to scrap the divisional series at this point. If I get a bunch of, you know, comments or whatever, we could potentially bring them back as some uh, bonus additions. But the ratings say you guys don't want this. And so many others are already doing divisional breakdowns. I know the fantasy football, uh, fantasy footballers, excuse me, are doing theirs. Uh, Our boys. The Fantasy Football Fellas have already done every division, so you can go check it out over there. I know the nerds have done it. It's been done. And you know what? The ratings say that it's been done. And you guys want fresh, original content. So, again, we're going to scrap them. We've done two. We've done the North divisions, NFC and AFC. But we're going to leave that to others because others have already done it. And if you have any questions about any other player and about how we value them, maybe it's you know, Mike Gusecki in the new offense down in Miami or whatever, just, just DM me. Slide in those DMs and ask me a question at DFF Memphis on Twitter, and I will come to uh, come to help you out. As you can tell, there's no Jerry this week. Jerry is recuperating from a long Scott Fishbowl draft, which we're all in the middle of. Jerry will be back this Friday for another fresh Patreon show. Now, on Patreon, we are going to break down some of our Patreon listeners' trades. They've, they've sent a few in. We're going to break them down. We're going to give you some feedback, what we think uh, we would do in those scenarios. Uh, and we'll be back next week with more original, less boring, kick-ass content. 
Um, we're here for you guys. And we want to be original. We don't want to be like everybody else. I started the divisional series because that's what we've done the last two years, if you will. And then last year, we did them with a bunch of amazing guests, but it's played. Uh, speaking of Patreon, we want to welcome Seth and Elsie to the family. Thank you for joining our Patreon. We really appreciate you, and thank you for supporting us. And remember, in the month of July, every single dollar we raise via our Patron page is going directly to Fantasy Cares. And that's why we jumped on the podcast. We actually paid money out of our pocket. Me, JD, Dan, Jerry, the fellows, we all paid money um, to Fantasy Cares to get that hour. And it was worth every damn penny because those guys kick ass. And if you want to donate, just go to fantasycares.net. You can do it. If you normally drink Starbucks coffee, here's my challenge. Drink a week of McDonald's coffee for a buck. And then take the money that you would have saved this week and donate that six, eight, ten bucks to Fantasy Cares. If you want to get something out of it, look up John Bosch. That's J-O-H-N-B-O-S-C-H. John Bosch. Find him on Twitter. And he runs a ton of $10, basically best balls, where about 50% of the winnings go to the winner and the other 50% go to Fantasy Cares. Don't quote me on those percentages. I don't know them top of my head, but if you're looking for a way to help out the Scott Fish Bowl, uh, check them out. Make sure you check out our Trophy Smack sponsor. The guys over at Trophy Smack are kicking ass, and if you want to get a trophy, now is the time. You're you know almost mid-July, the first 10 days of July, and you want to get that dude ordered. So it gets shipped. It's to your house. It's ready for your, your live draft. You want to slam that dude down, put it on the table, during your live draft, and this is what we're playing for, gang. Uh, we're playing for all the championships. And if you want to get a free ring to go along with that trophy that you're going to get over at Trophy Smack, use the promo code DWZRING. Put the trophy in the cart, put the ring in the cart, then enter in the promo code DWZRING, and that will make the ring free, and you will just pay for your trophy. Uh, there's a link in our Twitter bio. And speaking of our Twitter bio, please check us out over on Twitter and the IG. That's the Instagram for the less hip like myself. I had to be told what the IG was. But check us out. We're on both formats, Twitter and Instagram, at Dynasty Warzone. And please, pretty, 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 please go over to the iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. Why does this matter so much? Why does it have to be iTunes? I have no earthly idea, but it helps a ton. So here's the deal. Anyone who does a review dated the 10th of July through the 31st of July in that three-week period if and only if we get to 80 reviews. That means we need about 15. We'll hook you up with a prize. And this prize will have monetary value. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I ain't cheap. If anything about me, I'm not cheap. Uh, good things aren't cheap and cheap things aren't good. So please head over to iTunes. This is just something spur of the moment that popped in my head. So go over to iTunes. Leave a five-star. If you've already left one, thank you. If you want to get entered in for a chance to win this prize, again, I don't know what it is yet, but I'll announce that on next Wednesday's show. Uh, grab your wife's phone. Grab your girlfriend's phone. Grab your boyfriend's phone. Grab your coworker's phone. Say, hey, let me see your phone. That little purple podcast gimmick up there. Click on that. Search Dynasty Warzone. Leave a five-star. Leave your Twitter handle in the comment section, and I will keep track of those, and we will draw a winner uh, at the end of the month if we get to the 15. So again, thank you all so much. Thank you for your patience this week. Again, no Jerry. We're going to replay that 55 minutes of goodness that we had with Sal and the guys over at the FF Bunhouse on the Scott Fish Potathon. I'm going to cycle through some real quick news, some of the bigger headlines, and uh, give you a quick spin. So uh, let's do some news. This is the news. All right, so it came out on Tuesday the 9th that Tyreek Hill and the recording, and they played the full length of it. It's not an easy listen, but I will tell you it changes nothing. The NFL probably had this recording a couple weeks back when Tyreek met with the NFL. This is not going to change his suspension. It feels ugly, and it could. I guess it could change it, but I, I'm not changing my stance on Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of four to eight games. He went in the sixth round of my division of the Scott Fishbowl. So I, I'm staying out of the the drama that isn't football. I'm talking strictly from a dynasty and a redraft standpoint. 
Uh, I don't mind him in the sixth. I was actually hoping to get him in the eighth of the Scott Fish Bowl, but he went in the sixth, and this news changes nothing. And speaking of news and suspension, uh, Zeke Elliott had his day with Magistrate Goodell, and it come out that he is not going to get any suspension at all. This is great. Full speed ahead in your redraft leagues. Full speed ahead in your dynasty leagues. Just the only thing about owning a guy like Zeke, I've went on and on and on about the dumbass factor. You're going to have to live with that because at any moment, this guy could have a dumbass attack, but you know, he's not the only one. And in this case, with Zeke Elliott, the risk is worth the reward. This guy could be the number one overall running back and potentially the overall number one non-quarterback in all of fantasy this year. So um, you take the good with the bad. You take the good in the points and the the wins that you get from Zeke Elliott while just stressing the, 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 the knucklehead that he is. Um, another quick blurb, Cortland Sutton has a shot to be the number one wide receiver in – Denver, per a local media source, and I just kind of found this one as, duh, no kidding. I'm not sweating Emmanuel Sanders coming back from the bum Achilles. I like Deshaun Hamilton as kind of a PPR threat. I know no offense there. Give me, give me Sutton. Give me the touchdown upside that I perceive with Sutton. I'm still a buyer. I think I'm buying now. I think the price will be much higher a year from now in Dynasty, so I'm about that Sutton action. Cam Newton looks to be a full go for training camp. This is great news for a guy coming off multiple shoulder surgeries. Draft him where you draft him. You know, follow his ADP. His ADP right now is probably a bit of a value for redraft. And in Dynasty, if you can catch another owner slipping, man, it'd be nice to get Cam Newton because when he's healthy and when he's playing, he is a point-producing son of a bitch. And you know what? That's exactly what you need in your lineup for fantasy games. Jack Doyle, not rushing back. Uh, Looks like he's passed the hip injury, which is good news from that standpoint because hip injuries can be lingering and very troublesome for, you know, route runners. But he's a little bit concerned with the kidney issue that he came back. I'm actually going to try to pick up Scott Fish. Not Scott Fish. I would would pick up Scott Fish. Scott Fish is a damn good person. I'm going to try to pick up Jack Doyle in the Scott Fish Bowl later in the draft to bolster my tight end group, if you will. I've already got Jared Cook. Hint, hint. uh, More on that in a minute. Miles Sanders needs to improve his pass protection. This is one of my number one reasons to fade a rookie running back. A quarterback with the injury history of Carson Wentz. You know, he had the ACL two years ago. He had the back injury last year. You're not going to put a running back out there on the field as much as they're going to pass if he's going to get your quarterback killed. So, might be worth a in a deep, deep league, or if you're a Scott Fish bowler listening to, to this, maybe you take that 20-second round dart throw at a Corey Clement. Uh, maybe you take a shot on Jordan Howard a little bit more. He still couldn't, you know, not much of a pass catcher, but uh, that, that makes me concerned for, for Sanders. Long-term in Dynasty, love the guy. I think he'll be a very good value next year, but making me nervous. Mark Andrews, featured threat in Baltimore. I can buy this. This was the only guy that it seemed like Lamar Jackson could actually hit with a football last year. He might be the one pass catcher, besides the running backs. I'm a big Justice Hill and Mark Ingram guy that I'm actually acquiring and looking to acquire in tight end premium formats. I like this guy. I think he's got tremendous upside. We saw it in college at Oklahoma with Baker. So if you can get Mark Andrews cheap before the price continues to go up, we know what a, a landmine field the tight end position can be. He would be a nice piece to your tight end group if you don't have one of the big three. Julio will not hold out for a new contract. It sounds like him and the owner of the team have a gentleman's agreement and that Julio will have his new contract before week one, which is great, especially for redraft season, tournaments like Scott Fishbowl. You don't want to be sweating your wide receiver one holding out. So love Julio. I've I've seen him projected as the number one overall wide receiver for a couple of different ranking services. So I'm pretty excited as a guy who's got a couple of Julio shares. Delaney Walker hoping to avoid starting the season on the pup, but it is a possibility coming back from that gruesome ankle injury. Go out and get Jonu Smith. He's the future there. I, I like the guy. I like the guy's athleticism. I believe he's going into his third year. Uh, We know tight ends and wide receivers typically take a little time to develop and grow. And we could see a nice little pop out of Jonu Smith. Delaney Walker went 
four straight years from 2014 through 2017 with 100 targets. So, uh, and again, we just talked about Mark Andrews and the landmine field that is the tight end situation. Janu might look nice on the back end of your roster. And my final story is that the Raiders rookie Josh Jacobs is holding out over some contract stuff, some money, and all of that. Is it an issue? Not yet. I think the camp for the Raiders opens up somewhere around like the 25th. So we've got 16, 17 days, and this is obviously on everyone's radar. This is a team that wants to get off on the right foot going into camp. They're going to be on hard knocks. They don't want this to be looming over them on the team or the team. Excuse me. So there's your little bit of news. There's your what's going on. Please enjoy the hour that we spent with Sal, Kevin, and Steve on the Scott Fishbowl Potathon, along with the homies from the Goat District and the fellas. We will be back next week. We'll probably wrap up at least one show about the Scott Fishbowl, how my team came out, how Jerry's team came out. We'll wrangle you up a guest. If there's somebody that's never been on the show that you want us to try and get, send me a DM at DFF Memphis. I'll see what I can make happen. Don't get cute. Oh, Memphis, I'd love to hear Matthew Berry. Yeah, so would I. Uh Uh-huh. But you know what? I would ask him. Can't say that I would get it, but I, I've got some uh, some tricks up these sleeves. So on behalf of Jerry, who will be back next week, I am Memphis. Thank you so much for being a listener to the Dynasty Warzone. And remember, here at the Dynasty Warzone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. And please enjoy our hour on the Scott Fishbowl Potathon. See you next week, guys. Happy. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yes, a lot yeah, of us. Too much, seen too much <laughs> I know luck is definitely uh, probably more than half of it. Uh, Randy, as as uh, you like to be called, Memphis. Um, tell us about last year. We had a pretty stacked division. You, myself, Wheeler, uh, Matt Harrison from Fanball. We we really we fought it out. We had quite a few guys make it into the actual playoff rounds. Um, but that was a lot of fun with that group. And tell us about your past experiences. Well, I forgot to sign up in 17, and I made my first Scott Fishbowl appearance last year with you guys. And it was it was a ton of fun. I rode the Alvin Kamara-Travis Kelsey stack to a pretty good finish. Finished uh, just behind you as you beat me down in week 15. Uh, this year, I'm in the Tony Hawk division of the Real Sports Conference. And I'm drafting 111, and right behind me at 112 is the aforementioned Scott Fish himself. So we're gonna do, we're gonna do battle. I know Scott is a big George Kittle fan, so I'm debating taking Kittle at 111. So 2019 will be my last appearance in the Scott Fish Bowl. <laughs> but but I, I'm really looking at the tight end. The the difference between the the top three tight ends, uh, Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle, is seven points between the next tier of Jared Cook and Eric Ebron. So you have a seven point a game in this scoring format, the 2019 scoring format. So I'd like to wind up with one of those three big tight ends and then come back around with one of the big running backs. The gap between the top tier wide receivers is not as vast as it is with the top 11 running backs and the top three tight ends. So I'm looking to do a running back tight end stack. Yeah, I mean, the right tight end falls to you. That works out. Steve, what do you got? What? You leaned in like you wanted to actually speak, so I tried to let you go. No, I'm he was sorry. About to pass I, didn't, out. I didn't mean to fool you like that. No, no, nothing to, to say out. here. Still <laughs> away. Seth and Kyle, do you guys do everything together? Are you like drafting one team or <laughs> everything? <laughs> Strangely enough, yes. Yeah. No, this is our third season doing the uh, Scott Fish Bowl, and uh, the first year. Uh, we just shared a team uh, as the podcast, the Fantasy Football Fellas. Uh, the last year, we each did our own team and uh, both didn't win it. So we're like, uh, well, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, yeah. I like I had Lashawn McCoy as one of my picks last year. Uh, that Me was the thing. Too. I had Allen Robinson. Um, so I I did fairly well, but not nearly good enough to move on uh, and you know uh, put up any real big numbers. Uh, this year we're doing a, a single team well, once again, so we have uh, more success that way, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Last year I took the approach. I ended up with Shady McCoy as well, so my year did not go well. I took a lot of like guys that were suspended or not going to be there right away because I'm like, oh, I'll get them in the second half. Well, that doesn't really work, uh, I found out. So <laughs> last year was a little rough, but I think uh, us joining forces again this year should be uh, should lead to a little bit more success probably. I think we balance each other out 
uh, nicely as far as our strategies go, because usually we're fairly different. I'm a lot more aggressive generally, and Seth will take some of the floor. So it's a good balance. But we got an interesting division. Uh, we're in the Captain Falco, Falcon something. Falcon. All I know is that guy is from Super Smash Brothers. That's all I know. Uh, but there's the thing I wanted to bring up and throw to you guys to get some thoughts was we're in the divisions like most are fairly balanced. You know, we have guys from the athletic, uh, football guys, Roto Underworld, Fanball, Dynasty Nerds. But the first six picks in our draft will all be analysts, quote unquote. But then seven, eight, nine, and ten are all fans, right? And doesn't mean these people aren't informed. Obviously, they're they're involved with this thing. But I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out because we have the one hundred four in ours, so we're gonna have those you know those non industry quote unquote guys picking twice in between there. So I think you know, like most drafts, it'll be unpredictable, but maybe even a little bit more with with these guys kind of grouped together. Um, picking twice in that one-two turn. You guys you know, have anything I made a like that? Earlier about how I'm picking at the five, and in the top four there's two fans, and that was perceived by Shane, I believe, to be me insulting fans. Um, so <laughs> I, up. Shane. <laughs> I can't afford any more of a hit to my uh, my approval rating. Um, uh, well, let's be honest, you insulting people would be pretty much par for the course. It is so. my uh, it is my kind of your shtick. Go to Mark Hill's page and check out the video he released yesterday. <laughs> the I want to know what love is Sal mix, where I am randomly <laughs> insulting people in boxer between lyrics. Is that from the pigs? Uh, pigs league Sal? Sal? It, it is from multiple leagues. Uh, Mark and I appear to be in five or six different dynasty leagues, so he gets the bonus package. And since he keeps all those, and he told me he has over two hundred clips. If there's a leak he's not in, I actually forward it to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's generous of you. But uh, Kevin and Steve and the other guys, if you could, uh, if you could answer the fellow's question, go ahead, Steve. Let's. This is your time to shine, buddy. No chance he was listening. Well, guys, I've got a lot of fans in my draft as well, and unlike Sal. I, the last few years, I've thought that I've kind of thought the same thing as well. It's like, okay, well, you know, there's a lot of analysts in this group. And then, you know, you, you kind of take the fans for granted and you assume that they might not know what they're doing. But what I've seen, the fans tend to be, I, maybe it's because they got something to prove or just whatever the case may be. They're so excited to be in. The fans aren't, are no pushovers. And so just because they don't have a, a name next to them, for something that they do for some does not mean that they don't know what they're doing. Doesn't mean that they don't follow football any less frequently than we do. So I don't think that you can see that someone that you're drafting with fans and take that for granted. Uh, I think that you just, you have to watch the draft play out and you have to follow along and you just have to take advantage if someone falls that you like, and you have to be willing to take risks because like we've all said, this is a, a huge amount of people. You're not going to be able to, to win this thing by just going chalk the entire time. So don't underestimate the fans. Damn it. So one of the fans in my division is Dynasty Frank, which feels unfair. So I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why he's listed as a fan per se, but he is, and he's in my division. So I am definitely not taking fans for granted. Yeah, that's, that's a ringer. That's like when you show up to like a softball tournament or whatever, and like you're in the C division, and all of a sudden these guys start showing up with rolly bags and matching jerseys. Like, ah, oh, crap! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what just happened? I, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so I'm definitely not taking fans for for granted, and I, I don't think. I mean, look, I think we've all played in enough fantasy leagues where the person you expect to even coming out of the draft, you per, the person you expect to have done the worst ends up winning the whole thing. It's just you just don't know, and and you just gotta you gotta take your shots and make your picks, take the guys you want. We talked about it on this uh, you know potathon already. Is reach for a guy you like if you like him, and and take some chances. Don't be chalk because you got to be a little different and. And then just hope it pans out. I mean, you know, the other thing that we we haven't brought up too much this so far in the last five hours is the is the waiver wire. I mean, you 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 have to be willing to go all in on on a guy in the waiver wire. And and I think that 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 maybe that that's the slight advantage you could have over some of the fans. I guess is that we're all degenerates and we're so we're constantly online and constantly <laughs> ready to make those claims. But uh, that that may be the only area that you have a, a slight advantage. So Randy and Sal were are guys that made it far. What did uh, what did the waiver wire do for your rosters in the sense that is how early did you spend your money? Was it significant? Like got pieces that you got off of the waivers, and what's maybe some advice for people listening? I personally, I I uh, spent up quite a bit early on Adrian Peterson. I uh, was 
kind of surprised that I had to pay as much. I don't remember what I paid, but I remember that um, I was riding him and Alvin Kamara, and I lost Cooper Cup and A.J. Green early. So, yeah, you've got to be out there and you've got to be active. Uh, you'll be surprised that as teams start to do poorly, I guess, they, they kind of lose interest. You just got to remember to go in and, and make your claims, even if it's like $0 claims. you got to be out there looking and kicking over rocks. It's only 22-man rosters, so it's not like it's super deep like a normal Dynasty League. Yeah, so for me, um, I, I've made that mistake in the past. And so since last year was Randy's first year, he didn't have the um, the knowledge beforehand that I spent my, my blind bid money very early in years past. And I was sitting there each week praying for guys to slip through. With, without being able to make trades in this league, you really need to be smart about that money. I you're, Quarterbacks are going to get hurt, and quarterbacks are going to need to be replaced, and sometimes by guys – you didn't expect. So I know it's really hard if you didn't come away with good quarterbacks, not to be like, well, I'm putting my hundred dollars on this guy because I need this guy. Um, I, I had a slew of injuries last year. Not to mention I drafted bell who never played at one Oh three. Um, my, my first tight end taken off the board in the fifth round was Kyle Rudolph who stunk. And, uh, and then OJ Howard, who was good when he was healthy, but then got hurt. So I got Vance McDonald off the waiver last year, which down the stretch was, was really, really helpful. And I got Tyler Boyd off the waivers last year, uh, blind bid, which was really, really a key part to my time because I lost guys like Marvin Jones. And uh, I had so many injuries last year, and, and that waiver wire was more helpful than you realize. So I I know it's difficult if you lose your top draft pick and you want to get their backup. It's hard not to put your full bid in. But try to be intelligent on it and try to – this is something I've done in fantasy leagues for years. And it's trying to predict a player that's going to be valuable a week or two in advance. Try to read that, pay attention to that. And I know Kevin has uh, <laughs> said before that I've done a good job of this, and I thank them for that. But in our 16-team falafel league, the main league that started the, the, the pod, uh, I'm sorry, the podcast, I you have to survive by finding players on a waiver wire where there is a dearth of players. And I've had a lot of success a week or two in advance just looking at scenarios, things that are coming up, and, and grabbing guys before and getting them for free. And I forgot to mention that I rode my my quarterbacks to a lot of success last year too. I, I gambled early on Andrew Luck being a Colts fan, got Mitch Trubisky, and then the always underrated Dak Prescott. Now, even though I didn't start Trubisky a lot, including some of his monster games, that was cool because he wasn't in my opponent's lineups each and every week. So I'm looking at the spreadsheet created by our all of our buddy Addison Hayes, Adam Mays Hayes, uh, that he donates all of the proceeds to. He donates all the proceeds to FantasyCares.net. He charges like a buck for this, but it helps you with your drafting process. And, and um, the then the dollar goes to fantasy care. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm looking at the at the top 20 from last year, and it looks like eight of them, eight or nine of the top 24 were quarterbacks. So underestimating quarterback play uh, will hurt a lot of people. In your normal super flex leagues, you can kind of wait on quarterback. You want to get a premium in this format. So Randy, you sorry guys, I don't mean to like uh, just you. You had three pretty good starters. How? What round did you finish collecting those three quarterbacks in your draft? Do you remember, or do you have access to that? I tried to go back and look. I couldn't pull it up uh, last year. I just remember those were the three that I had. I was all over Andrew Luck last year in all my startups and in the Scott Fish Bowl. So Andrew Luck did awful well. Yeah, I got him in the third, so you probably got him around the same thing as I did last year. I w yeah, I would have to have been the third or later because I remember for a fact my first two picks were Kelsey and Kamara, and I drafted at the 107 last year. That's yeah, nice two picks right there. Uh, just a reminder, guys, that uh, this hour of the SFB Pilothon is brought to you by Inside the Pylon. So uh, go check them out at InsideThePylon.com and uh, Inside the Pylon, IT Pylon on Twitter. Uh, also, again, again, I want you to keep the donations flowing. We are we are looking to break last year's total just under $5,000. We love the double up. We got hit early. It's getting a little slow now, but it, understandably, it's dinner time in parts of the country. We're expecting people to come back a little bit later, but uh, keep them coming. The links are at the top of the SFB Podathon page, the top of my uh, Twitter page, and right there in the YouTube chat description where you're watching the show right now. Go ahead, Steve. I know you got something. What? I wasn't even looking. 
Silhouette. He's just blatantly trying to call him out now and catch him off guard. It's yeah, like, what the hell was that? He's about? not even. He's not good when he has preparation. Why are you trying to catch him off guard? Like, just, <laughs> yeah. uh, everybody, it's nine people here laughing. Well, it's terrible. Has anyone has anyone brought up the crib? The crib in the background. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say that Randy beat me to it. I was literally gonna say. I think yeah. we should all throw in like an extra 10 bucks for him to do a podcast hour in that crib. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Hey, I, will, I will podcast from the crib for extra donations. Uh, I have no problem with that at all. With yeah, the, I, with, I, a diaper, with a diaper on. <laughs> uh, that will not be happening unless we unless we eclipse our goal of $10,000. I will not be uh, entertaining the idea of a diaper. You heard that, everyone. If if we reach ten thousand dollars, he will wear a diaper. You heard it. Everyone heard it. Can, can, some, that's what I, can yeah, someone nice relay that up. to Matthew Barry when he's on later? <laughs> I mean, if anyone's got the I checkbook. I apologize for this, Matthew, but I'll be podcasting from a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get let's let's talk a little bit uh, later rounds. Uh, who's the who's the, who's your last round pick? Who are you hoping falls to you? That who's your target? Who's your sleeper let's go uh let's go let's go with the boys podcasting from the same room first i i'll throw this out there um i i kind of like i've one of the guys that i've been getting late uh in drafts right now just doing some mocks is uh tyrell williams uh and we'll see obviously this is going to be a big group of people that uh are, are going to be no one's sliding through right on these drafts but i like tyrell williams a bit just because we've seen what he can do when he gets the opportunities the number one wide receiver in Oakland, Jared Cook, is no longer there. So what? the target's got to go somewhere, uh, and AB is going to get a ton. But we saw from Carr when he had the the duo of Crabtree and Cooper that he was able to sp- spread it out enough. There were some years where both those guys were getting around 130 targets total. I think it will lean more towards AB as the alpha, but I think that Tyrell could be looking around 100 targets this year in an offense that I think is going to have to chuck it a lot. He's in a good division with KC and, and the Chargers. Uh so they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Ty Williams is somebody that I'm going to be looking to get in those last couple of rounds. We'll see if Seth lets me take him here. Uh, but as far as like a, a later round guy uh, at, towards the tail end, I would go with, with Tyrell Williams. Yeah. And uh, I have two potential options. One's a very high risk, high reward guy. And one's kind of a more of a floor play. So the floor play is Marquise Lee. I don't know how far he'll actually fall in drafts, but I think he will fall pretty far because people just forget that he exists and he's also on the Jags. So <laughs> Uh, those are two things against him, but he was on his way to being the wide receiver one for the Jags before he got hurt at the beginning of last year. And you have at least a better quarterback than Blake Bortles in Nick Foles. That's not saying much, but it is technically true. Um, so that's a, that's a player that you can probably get a little bit of floor play out of. And I'll, I'll throw one more out there too. Just, it won't be the last round most likely because quarterbacks can be going off quick, but one of the last quarterbacks probably taking take in that I think you guys could take, uh, now, if you're drafting in our division, please don't do this because it's our plan. But uh, we kind of tossed around the idea and we've talked this offseason of, t- of taking Ryan Tannehill yeah. uh, as your fourth quarterback uh, in this because you can't make trades and things like that. Obviously, you're just relying on pickups. We've seen from Mariota that he doesn't generally stay healthy. He hasn't really been that great. And they've they traded for Tannehill and they can kind of make the decision on if they're going to roll with one of these two guys in Tennessee going forward. Uh, or cut bait and start over from scratch. So I kind of like Tannehill as like one the last quarterback potentially taken. Um, you might see like Daniel Jones and Locke or something like that go ahead of him. People are going to forget because he's been banging around for a while. But Tannehill is like one the last quarterback taken potentially. There's a guy you can target. Yeah, fits magic as well. No, too fat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Let's go over to you. What do you? What, what about you? Who are you targeting late? All right. Well, uh, you know, 22 rounds with no kickers, no defenses. Uh, we are going to be getting down into the dregs. That's for sure. And uh, one of the one of the players I really like that weight is Byron Pringle out of uh, Kansas City. Uh, wide receiver. He uh, has been with the team for a year. Uh, the team has really been talking him up as far as, um, you know, how he's been doing in the offseason work this year. And uh, I th- think on the fact that Tyreek Hill is going to miss us pretty substantial number of games i don't believe it's going to be four i think it's going to be eight to twelve and um you know mccall hardman great name but uh you know he's still a rookie and i'd rather gamble a little bit later on the guy who you know may has been in the system for a year and uh 
can possibly seize a hold of one of the starting jobs. Once you pop. Pringle joke. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> totally landed. We all, we all got it instantly. Damn it. <laughs> Thanks, <All right>. co-host. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Wow. Ouch. That was uh, that was rough. Let's yeah. move along. Anyone else want to jump in? <laughs> I'll, I'll hit you with a couple from uh, from my perspective. I'm, I'm looking for Chris Thompson from the Redskins. Uh, he'll at least start the season healthy. He probably won't end it that way. But with the, with, with the five points uh, bonus for 50 yards receiving, I think that's a, a bonus that he could hit a few times. This is a bad team with a bad offense. They'll be behind a lot, and a rookie QB could be checking it down quite a bit, especially when the receiving weapons aren't great, which means I also like Jordan Reed as a dump-off option for uh, Dwayne Haskins. And then a wide receiver, I like Keelan Cole. I know that Marquise Lee and Westbrook are getting all the love, but we don't know whether or not – that's going to be Nick Foles' favorite target out of the guys in Jacksonville. And it was Keelan Cole who led this team in receiving two years ago, and last year it was Didi. So um, it's not a great offense, but a team that I envision being behind and having to throw. So I'll take the cheapest dart on that dartboard. And then tight end Mike Gusecki. I don't know how late of a round he'll be, but with Chad O'Shea, the new OC, you're familiar with him, Kevin, coming down from New England and how they use Gronk. I love the fact that Dwayne Allen will be the blocking tight end, which will free him up to run more routes. And let's be honest, he's not exactly competing with a who's who of reception target, you know, target monsters. So those are some guys I'm looking to uh, add in the back end of my draft. You're not gonna. You're not gonna bring up Bruce Anderson. I thought for sure Bruce was coming up. He was on the list, but you know uh, everybody loves Bruce. I don't know that I'll get him that late. But I mean, the only thing in between him and big time opportunity is Rojo and Peyton Barber. I love Peyton Barber, but Rojo's a bum. Bob and Peyton Barber in the same sentence. That's that's Ooh, rare. that is. I that mean, is it's, re- it's it's a redraft format. Everybody hates on Peyton Barber. He was he was like the RB twenty seven last year. RB three still do good. For you. Are RB three still good in this format or any format? I mean, they're just not sexy, Randy. They don't. They don't. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I forgot if if it's not cool and hip and Odell Beckham and one handed catches, it's not cool or useful. Hey, Randy, I know you're old like me, but my kids tell me cool and hip. People don't say that anymore. That's because I'm not cool and hip. (laughs) Even lit has become outdated in such a short period of time. What about fleek? Where where, where, where are we at on fleek? Just to be clear, clear, things aren't lit anymore. That's not. They're not lit. And if you say fleek, you get ass kicked. (laughs) (laughs) Noted. I I just started started lighting shit up like two weeks ago. So, Jerry, write that down. (laughs) No. No, take a while to get to Canada. We understand, but no. yeah. I'm pretty sure they just got the '90s. We, we just got the internet up. Here. I got on. Randy had to go on for me last year. Remember, I, I like took my spot and had to send Randy in there to represent because uh, I believe Randy was in a car driving to work. No, I was. In, I was actually in a Taco Bell parking lot last year. He, he claimed technical difficulties. It really was just the internet wasn't at Canada. So yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't right. yeah. that fast to get the power going. Randy is definitely solid man he's he's bailed me a few times uh he's uh he's one of the good ones but uh you guys you guys are kind of swimming in my end of the pool so i gotta throw like i got about five or six names here i'm just gonna throw really quick i love the tyrell williams he's going what 80 p 180 in a super flex that's a sweet call there kyle traquan smith is a guy I just cannot stop drafting he's going 163 in a super flex foster out in buffalo yeah uh, that guy killed it at the end of last year he's going what 170s Funches, Devin Funches, the wide receiver two out in one of the best offenses, the best offensive line out in Indy. He's going on 169. Mark Andrews, Randy was talking about rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks throwing it short. Mark Andrews out there with Lamar at 165. I think that's that's some nice juice. And, juice. and then my favorite guy, Jalen Samuels at the running back position, also in that range. So there's a lot of value down there, man. So you know, maybe you do grab that quarterback, uh, extra quarterback a little early because there's a lot of value later on in this draft. And speaking of uh, Buffalo, don't forget Dawson Knox at the tight end position with oh, his being yeah. tight end premium because he's hardly on anyone's radar right now and Croft is hurt. No, and he's looking at the, his ADP on MFO right now is 228, so he's your last round guy. Knox yeah. and, uh, and Dan's boy. Uh, what is it, Dan? Josh Josh Oliver out in Jacksonville? Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Josh Oliver. He's 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 definitely somebody to watch and take late. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Dawson Knox take. Uh, I think that, you know, for a guy like myself who's probably going to punt on on tight end, 
until later. I'll probably grab a few of those guys. Mark Andrews is a great pick that I'm looking at late. Dawson Knox, another guy that even though he's a rookie, he, he has he has a path to some uh, to some touches and and you know Gasecki as well. I, I just those are guys that I'll end up having a few of on my roster because I won't touch the position until much later. Right. Yeah. One of the things you can do with Jacksonville too is you can just take uh, Jeff Swaim and then Josh Oliver. Uh, you can you can probably get them pretty much in your last two rounds of the draft, and uh, just. With Foles there, he's used the tight end quite a bit um, at at Philadelphia. So I think there's a pretty good chance that you're probably going to have between those two guys um, somebody that you can start each week. Love the Traquan Smith pick too. I, I, that, that's a guy that I'm surprised is, is overlooked as much as he is right now. It's it's very odd to me. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know that I can. I can get behind um, uh, what's his name in Indy there with you. I just I stone get, hands. Yeah. I just hate him. Um, I, just, I just hate him as a player. I think he's just not a good football player, but you know, luck's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. So, you know, he loves the gotta, tight ends, man. Someone's got to catch him. Yeah. <laughs> Another guy at tight end is Matt Lacoste, who's currently listed as the number two in new England. But I know Ben Watson's got a four game suspension. So another guy late on the, uh, on the horizon. Jimmy Graham too, man. Jimmy Graham in that offense is going in his second year. Like he kind of went under the radar last year. He did all right for tight end. And I think that uh, with the lack, maybe I guess you could say of talent that they've added out there in Green Bay, he he might be a, a target magnet, especially in the red zone for, for Rodgers. And it's so unpopular to hate on Jimmy Graham that I think you do get a good value. Like as much, like it, when you said Jimmy Graham, I was like, I'm going to make fun of him for saying Jimmy Graham. But <laughs> it, 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 he is a good value because if he he's going to get looks from Aaron Rodgers. And last time I, I heard Aaron Rodgers is good at throwing touchdowns. He's going but, to ADP 187. He's free, yeah. man. You know? Hey, guys, I'm going to create a little excitement, I hope, uh, right now. Uh, I'm speaking with Scott, and we're going to start giving away some of these Scott Fishbowl nine entries. We have some entries into tomorrow's uh, drafts. And so I just posted on the SFB Potathon Twitter page. You hear that, Steve? That we oh, will give gone. away. <laughs> Shut up, Kevin, so the people at home can hear clearly what they have to do. Um, we are going to give away a spot a little bit after 7 o'clock tonight to one person who donates from now until 7 o'clock. I will then go through all the people. From this time till then, and I will select one of them to get the SFB9 spot. You must be signed up and registered on scottfishbowl.com, and you must not already be in. You can't take the spot and give it to someone else. Be registered and donate between now and 7 o'clock. So people wondering how they could get in, people clamoring, saying, how can I get in? I've gotten DMs. This is how. Let's get to it. That's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, we can continue now, huh? You're that's kind of a big announcement, though. I mean, I, yeah, I, no, that's I a huge announcement. I would that's love great. to take a cheap shot it's, at the salary chance I get, but that's a great announcement. As a matter <laughs> of fact, listen, I, you, if you know anything about me, it doesn't matter what's going on. I will still take a cheap shot at Sal. If, if because he's a asshole. He's a uh, yeah. That's what, what I do. <laughs> So speaking of excitement, is uh, anybody excited about the Cardinals offense this upcoming no. season? I've heard I've heard a little about it. Yeah. They got so, some midget out there playing quarterback or whatever, wow. right? You can't say midget. Little people. You have oh, to say little people. PC. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, you can say a midget if he's not a midget. If he's a midget, yeah, it's offensive. I, it's, well, I be, I, I'm pretty time. sure he'd be fend, offended either way, whether well, he is I, or not. So. Well, I, Fair point. I, I, Seth, are you excited about the whole offense, or is there specific pieces? Because I, I know I'm, my excitement is a little limited in that offense. So I, I'm huge uh, on David Johnson. I think he's going to uh, kill it this year. And I'm also big on Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, my co-host is an ageist, yes. uh, so he hates Larry Fitzgerald and has for the past several years. Uh, but I think Fitz is going to be the number one uh, wide receiver in that offense, no question. But uh, we were just talking about tight ends that you can get at the end of drafts. Both Ricky Seals-Jones and Charles Clay, formerly of the Buffalo Bills, are in this offense now. And I'm wondering if those guys are even considered on the, ra- on the radar as uh, potential pickups in this draft. Wait, wait, wait. I thought Charles Clay went to Arizona to retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people. I think they're going to run so many four, four wide receiver sets. It's going to be tough, but... 
in this SFB draft coming up, every tight end is draftable or, you know, at least on the board. So I don't know. I'm yeah. going to steer clear. And, you know, I, I'm not an ageist. I bought into Larry last year and he let me down. So I'm just going to hold grudges, I he guess. He let you down. <laughs> it was fine. It was horrible. Do you guys remember when the Chip Kelly offense was going to revolutionize the offensive uh, uh-huh. play in the NFL? So I've heard I've heard this song and dance before. I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm I'm with Seth. If I'm investing for like the Scott Fish Bowl, I'm investing in DJ or Larry Fitzgerald, the knowns, the known commodities. Wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind having Kyler as my second QB if I've yeah. got a really stable QB one, like an Andrew Luck, like you know Aaron Rodgers, someone that I know is going to put up consistent points week to week, and then let a player like Kyler maybe win me a week with with an amazing week, but also not kill me when he has a horrible week. So. Yeah, as a QB two, borderline two three, sure, but not as like my number one. Kyler's going to be like a a very polarizing player in these drafts tomorrow, I think, because I think mm-hmm. you're going to see him go super, super, super early. He already is. And, you like know, it's QB8 just. I, I think startup. you're looking at he's going to be top six, seven. I think in a lot of these drafts because of what you have to do in these types of things. Well, that's when I go from Randy Young to Randy Jackson, and that's a no yeah. for me, dog. Yeah, I just think that the, the wide receivers, especially the rookies, I think people are going to spend a little too much on them. Uh, I would focus on the three guys that Seth mentioned with Kyler, um, you know, DJ and, and Fitz. Fitz is going at 151 ADP in a super flex. Like, that's – that's free, and he he might you know. Okay, Kirk is. Where's thinking, Kirk going I, right I, now? I I will throw down on Kirk. I mean, I think he's probably going to be a a great target. Uh, he's he's coming he's coming into his own this year. Uh, you know, so I see him as being kind of the ascendant guy. I think Larry Fitzgerald is definitely worthwhile too. Uh, you know, the big thing we're looking for out of uh, the Arizona offense is pace. If they run at the pace that they want to, and they're a successful offense, they're going to have so many plays that uh, you know. Everybody's going to get in on the fun a little bit, but I I look to uh, Kirk and Fitzgerald uh, primarily among the wideouts. And Kirk is going nine ninety six, man. Like that's a that's right. a nice price, and it just goes to show again in the fishbowl you can wait on receiver, man. I don't know. And I don't know. I wish Scott Fishbowl was a little bit more of a best ball format. And Dan's the best ball specialist of this group. But Andy Isabella is a double move wide receiver, and Kyler Murray's a double move quarterback. I could see some big games out of those two as well. Especially, right, exactly. especially with his speed, with, with uh, Isabella. So I, I guess if, if you want a dart throw, you take anyone in this offense not named Hakeem Butler and <laughs> or the tight ends. And, and you can have one of everybody else. I just think that they're going to be overdrafted based around the hype of the overall offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Who do you think is the most uh, overdrafted person that's going to be? You think it's McCole Hardman or Daryl Henderson or someone like that? Henderson's it, a good pick. It, it's yeah. just, I feel like everyone's going to eat up rookies, and those are the two super polarizing guys. I don't. Yeah. Williams. I don't. I don't. I don't have Daryl Henderson's ADP in front of me, but he would be the one that I would be the most interested in. I think he's going to have a, rego- a role regardless of Gurley's health. I mean, think of like an Austin Eckler or a Naheem Hines, except you know, in a better offense, and that's not to knock the Colts. And a better talent, too. Yeah, just, you know they're going to want to limit Gurley's work early to keep him fresh for the playoffs and the longevity of his career. And this guy's going to have a role, maybe on the same at the same time, with Gurley on the field. So uh, if people are letting that rookie slip by, I'll, I'll be having uh, interest in Henderson for sure. I, I agree with you on, on that premise, except that I just think that he will be overdrafted still because people are so hyped on him right now and people are so down on Gurley for some reason. I mean, I get it. There's knee issues. I get it. People think that it's still going to be Todd Gurley and you're still going to get, I, I think, at least 85% of Todd Gurley. <laughs> and 85% of Todd Gurley means there's still not going to be that much work for Daryl Henderson. And while he may be a serviceable player, if you're going to get him in, say, like the 15th, 16th, 17th round, I think he's going to be gone way before that, way and before that's then. where the problem is. Single yeah. digit. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone in single digits. Ty, he'll be in the. He'll be. He'll be tenth or earlier. I. I would almost guarantee in ninety percent yeah. of drafts. He'll, he'll definitely be single digits. Think anyone's going to be overdrafting Nikhil Harry with uh, Tom Brady? Can I don't yeah. think you yeah. can't overdraft a Patriot. Yeah. yeah he's- <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I just noticed it because I do have a TV in front of me. Um, there is nothing sports related that's any good on tv so you should be nowhere else but right here mm-hmm. listening to the uh, sfb potathon and getting all this goodness so thank you to the many sports leagues around the country for sucking today 
<laughs> I want to go back to Gurley for a second. So we were talking. So <coughs> what week did he slow down last year? If I remember correctly, it was around Halloween, Ten. give or take, right? Ten? Yeah. Yes. Ten? Something like that. He still scored using Scott Fishbowl nine. That's this year's scoring format. He still scored 507 points, even with limited touches down the last six games of the regular season. He scored 12 more points in this format than Saquon Barkley, who played the entire season at a full workload. So Todd Gurley, even 70% of Todd Gurley, which would be 350 points from last year, was good enough for RB8. So people are going to underdraft Todd Gurley in this format and he'll really be able to help you. So I, I'm I'm looking for him, hopefully, you know, in the middle of the third round if he slips there. I could see that for sure. Yeah, we talked about Gurley a little bit in the last segment, and I said that uh, I'm picking at 107, and if, if he's if he's there at 205, which people yeah. seem to think that's a that's a possibility, I'm going to be so psyched. So. That's a lock, I feel like. I feel like that's yeah. a, a lead I'll take him at, yeah. I'll yeah. take him at 205 all day long. Yeah, There's two, the two biggest running backs that are undervalued right now are, are Gurley and, and Sony Michelle, in my opinion. I think it's James Conner and Melvin Gordon. I mean, they, they both finished in the top six and seven, respectively, in this format last year, and both of them played about 12 games. So if you get a full complement of games out of there, they're right there in the Zeke, Barkley, Gurley scoring, you know, for this format. So those are guys that will slip a little bit. I think they'll be second-round talents that could outperform some of the big dogs. It really, really shows you the impact that Dynasty has had on the overall fantasy world, right? I mean, look at the guys that we're talking about that are negatives. If you have them for one season, there's not a problem. But these are guys that are starting to be have concerns for Dynasty. I just, I think it's funny that you know we're we're talking about and and to your point, Sony Michelle, a guy that I, I still think has great value for this year, but people could be concerned about him long term, which I get. I just. We, you know, you have to take the the dynasty bias out of it when you're looking at this tournament because it's obviously one year. So um, I think that a lot of us play dynasty more than more than anything else, and that's kind of what why that happens. But you you gotta you gotta look at it from a one year window. And that's where a fan can have a huge advantage on us because they're not <laughs> buying into all the hype and all the down noises. They're just, I like Todd Gurley. I'll take Todd Gurley. He helped me win last year. And then they smack us around and make us look stupid because they didn't buy into the hype. Like It's like in poker, right? The, the person that shows up that one night that <laughs> never played poker, they usually clean up or they win the tournament. <laughs> Yeah. Another running back situation I want to throw out to you guys, just because we've talked about a bunch on our show and in this format, you kind of have to go a little bit more boom bust, but uh, we mentioned Kansas city earlier. What's your guys' thoughts on Damian Williams probably going in that second, third round. Carlos Hyde's obviously there. He's going super late. And then we talked about deep names. Darwin Thompson's a guy that they, they brought in this year as well. So what's your guys' thoughts on this Kansas city running back situation this year? I think for me, I'm touching Damian Williams. It's just going way too early for me. I don't have any faith in him. I I like Carlos Hyde at a value late because I think that he will have some you know snaps in that offense. I think that he will get production, and there's a chance that if things go the right way, he could be a lead producer and 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 get some significant points. Thompson seems like a guy that I could. He's a guy that if you start to see volume, you can catch him on the waiver wire. In my opinion, I, I think he'll be a guy that maybe he gets drafted late, but then gets dropped. For you know, for for something, and then you can you know, if you really start to get some volume midseason, you can you can spend some fab on him. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm with you there. I had, I don't know if uh, you guys have the ADP. At least a lot of the drafts we've been doing ninth, tenth. I mean, sometimes eleventh round. That's that's crazy for a guy that while he's not the a perfect perfect fit, they did bring him in. We've seen this offense produce high end running backs, and when we, he was with Shanahan just a couple years ago. He was a running back that never caught passes, but then put up 50 receptions or whatever that year uh, in San Francisco. So I think he can do it. Uh, and he, that's just such a wide gap. You guys talked about the Carson Penny discrepancy, like, you know, just taking the later guy uh, with Seattle. I think this is another offense where it's going to produce somebody that's fantasy relevant. Uh, but I'm with you. I, man, Williams, it's just a hefty price tag. And I, I think people forget that Kansas City let Carlos Hyde be a free agent for 24 hours. The Jags cut him, and 24 hours later, he was signed. That means Andy Reid and Brett Veach made it a priority to go out and get this dude. I mean, Damian Williams has been in the league five years. That's 80 games. 
he actually suited up for 74 of them and has seven career starts. And you want me to put all my eggs in that basket? Man, get the hell out of here. Alex Collins <laughs> all over again. Yeah. You know? right. yeah. yeah. Or, 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 or C.J. Anderson. If it Alex, looks like a trap. Zach Stacy, Name him. Any yeah. guy that ran Zach down the end of the season well and then just pooped his pants and screwed your team. <laughs> that's, that's what Damien <laughs> Bingo. Thank you. There's also there's also a, a significant chance that all these people that are drafting Damien Williams is high are going to be disappointed simply for the fact that they might just share the workload. Like it yeah. might just not be all one guy. And and I get it. You want a part of that, that Kansas city offense because they're going to produce points, but it may be multiple people producing points and then they're going to cancel each other out a little bit. So if you can get Hyde so much later, you're going to, you're going to appreciate that value. Well, you know, what, you, what you've got to hope for, I think is that, you know, there's a, there's a strong lead back per game and, you know, maybe it's Damian Williams for a few games and then maybe he gets dinged up and it's Carlos Hyde for a couple games. What you don't want to see is that, that uh, real even split per game where each one's getting a few touches that, that would really kill everybody's value. I think, I think the biggest problem is when you look at other guys, uh, you know, that you're choosing between Damian Williams, you've got Fournette there, you've got, uh, you know, Marlon Mack. Mack, Yeah. I don't know. I, he's so undervalued right now. You're talking about a guy with one of the, if not the best offensive line in the league, if you know, one of the top three offenses in the league, Derek Henry's sitting there, Aaron Jones, as much as I'm not a huge fan, the upside that he offers in that offense, I'd feel more comfortable with him. I think than Damian Williams, even like, you know, I talked about earlier, Sony, Michelle, Freebird. Either way for him to see if he falls to me than than going for Damian Williams. You you mentioned my man Leonard Fournette. I got the hard eyes emoji for Leonard Fournette this year. He's a target in the uh, in the third round of the Scott Fish Bowl for me. It's better than the soft ankle emoji. I got to apologize to you guys if it if it appears as though I'm not paying attention. Uh, since I made the announcement about the the weak spot, I've gotten thirty donations. Please tell me it's not for thirty dollars. Uh, <laughs> One step closer oh, to the crib cast. Donations for five <laughs> The donations were ranged anywhere from five dollars to fifty dollars out of those thirty. Nice uh, job, guys. They've, yeah. they've been really, really great. We have an hour left to go on this, and I woke some people up. Hey, uh, Sal, I'm going to throw on another $35 FFPC best ball to the winner of that uh, that contest you got going right now. All right, so to emphasize what JD just said, whoever I pick, whoever we pick for this spot, if you donate from now till 7 p.m. Eastern time, you will you have a shot to win a chance into the SFB9 and – to play uh, $35 best ball on FFPC. So thank you, JD. Clearly made of money in Canada. I love it. <laughs> that exchange rate. That's like $57. Yeah, hey, that, do we have to worry exchange about the exchange rate? rate? Are we covering the extra? Yeah, that's a, that, that, that becomes a $23 best ball. <laughs> so, uh, guys, this has been an amazing hour. We, we have only five minutes left to go, and uh, we're going to be getting ready to do a changeover to another feature to the other – uh, live feed. So I would just like to remind everybody that this hour was brought to you by Inside the Pylon. Inside the Pylon is focused on providing quality, engaging football analysis for both the NFL and college football. We seek to present the sport in a fun but educational way that allows both newcomers and veteran fans alike to deepen their understanding and enjoyment of the game. Our team aims to deliver high caliber writing, compelling features, and strong opinion on a number of different topics including sports medicine, film study, in-depth player profiles, statistics, gambling, as well as weekly game previews and recaps. So to the group of gentlemen that are here, thank you uh, for continuing to support us, to continue to support uh, Fantasy Cares, uh, SFB, what Scott does, and coming back year after year. Uh, I feel like this is getting bigger each year. It's going to grow. And uh, you guys are some of the originals, and and we just want to thank you and – Look forward to seeing you throughout the year and next year again. Thanks for having us back, Sal, Steve, Kevin. I'm less creeped out by the basement. I'm I'm both. I'm both happy and sad at the same time.
<laughs> I know. I'm sad I didn't get to see it. I heard. Oh, it was, I heard it the was stories. A, a but... It was a butte. I was waiting for Michael Myers to come out behind him or Freddy Krueger, just pull him into a boiler. In, it's possible some of the late night hours I may just creep out into the back part of the basement here just to just to give everyone a little taste. So make sure you stay tuned late night to see what happens. That's right. All right, boys. Good luck, man. Thanks a lot, hey. Sal, Kev, and uh, and the silhouette, man. You guys killed it. One uh, more go. Silhouette. One more go before we get out of here. Let's hear it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. We appreciate it. See you guys. All right. Sorry, guys. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. I was expecting Nick talking about Kevin. <laughs>